Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach of TEC. And on this episode, I speak with Megan Letts. Uh, Megan is the newest member of the TEC coaching team, uh, where she's going to serve as our mental performance coach. Um, And I really couldn't be happier uh, to finally be offering this service to the athletes we work with. Uh, It's so much in alignment with our mission uh, and our vision at TEC. um, And uh, Meg is the perfect person for the job. Uh, Meg brings a a wealth of uh, information, knowledge, and experiences to our conversation. Um, She has done everything from lived in Buddhist monasteries as a researcher. Um, She's worked as a mental health counselor where she served um, young adults um, as well as uh, adults that are struggling with addiction, suicide ideation, eating disorders, incarceration, uh, various other traumas. Uh, She's also served as a wilderness guide a yoga instructor, climbing instructor, running coach. She's a runner herself, um, and she brings all of those experiences, that knowledge, that background uh, to the work that she does with athletes. Uh, And so, um, as you can imagine, I was extremely excited uh, to sit down, have the opportunity to talk to Meg and unpack so much uh, of what we try to get at here on Endurance Minded, which is, again, you know, the mental and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance and what better person to help me unpack that uh, than a mental performance coach. Um, Meg uh, weighs in on, uh, on so many cool and fundamental topics that I'm so uh, interested and passionate about. <clears throat> Things like the mind-body connection um, and how you know the mind, uh, the body really follows the mind and we have to start uh, with how we think about things, how we visualize our performance, our success, our failures. Um, and, uh, and Meg has uh, a ton of experience uh, in that, in that uh, arena. And so it was great to unpack um, just that link between the mind and the body and how those two things are, are uh, working together or, uh, or not working together and how we can uh, understand uh, what that connection is. Um, talking about mental awareness um, and just being aware of, uh, like I said, the role that that mental piece plays performance anxiety, uh, visualization, um, how to integrate exercise into your life, um, just the, the idea of uh, showing up and giving yourself the opportunities to excel. So um, a lot of great topics, a lot of which we have uh, talked about or I've talked about uh, on the show before. And I really wanted to come back to some of these kind of fundamental <clears throat> foundational pieces uh, to get Megan's uh, viewpoint and insight uh, and and uh, leverage her expertise to fully understand um, these different components of what makes up uh, the whole athlete experience. So, uh, like I said, Megan is the newest member of the TEC coaching team. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to Meg, uh, you can do so at thomasendurancecoaching.com. Uh, she's offering free introductory calls to anybody who's interested in understanding uh, what her services uh, can provide and how they can help you um, reach your full potential, show up as the best version of yourself. As always, enduranceminded.com. Scroll down to the bottom, uh, leave us a note, let us know what you're thinking, how we can help. Uh, Rate, subscribe, share with a friend if you haven't already. Uh, I'll say it again, and I'll say it every time. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks for the ratings, uh, and thanks for uh, telling a friend and letting people know uh, about Endurance Minded. It really means so much to me. 
So uh, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Megan Lutz. Hey everyone, uh, before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to tell you about Inside Tracker. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value and the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So no matter what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just getting out and enjoy the great outdoors, you want to do it forever. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D and elevated iron. Despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific, individual, and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So, endurance-minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded to take advantage of 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs to perform better and live longer. Hey Meg, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, excited to have you. Your expertise is uh, like exactly why uh, why Endurance Minded exists. So I'm super excited uh, to chat. Um, so um, your, your focus is on uh, mental performance uh, and helping athletes uh, overcome a lot of the uh, mental and emotional, um, you know, kind of setbacks and resistance that, uh, that so many of us face. Uh, as athletes, um, and so uh, I'm excited to to kind of uh, give the mic over to you and, and unpack some of these things that I think you know. A lot of times, it's almost like unconsciously we deal with these things as athletes, right? We we think about our athletic uh, uh, our athleticism kind of manifesting in the physical, and then and then we don't get the results we want, and it it often doesn't have anything to do with the physical piece. It has to do with all these other components. So. Um, I know one of the things that um, that is kind of important in, in your work is the is the mind body connection, um, you know. And I, I I think we certainly for me, you know, like we hear that a lot, and maybe we think we know what it means, or we have a definition of that that we have um, that we've decided what it means for ourselves. But I'd be interested to get your take on what that is and what it means for athletes, and you know, and how it impacts performance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always think of this saying, it's how we do anything is how we do everything. 
Um, and that immediately to me goes to, to our mental state. Um, the way we think about ourselves is the way we show up or the way we think about the world in general is, is the way we see the world. Um, so it goes completely into that athletic performance. Um, the way we see ourselves as athletes is the way that we're going to perform. Um, yeah. If the, if the self-talk before a race or a big workout is, this is going to be so hard or, oh, wow, I don't know if I trained well enough or I don't feel so great today. As soon as that kind of self-talk goes into the mind, the body is going to respond too, and it sort of manifests into that truth that our mind is telling us. Right. Um, so our mind is so powerful versus, say, showing up to a race and be like, maybe you don't feel great, but you're going to tell yourself, I got this. I'm strong. I'm capable. I've been doing this for a while. The The body will follow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I don't know where I heard it somewhere along the line, but this just the, the kind of mantra of, you know, the body follows the mind, right. And, and, and not the other way around. And again, as I think as athletes, so often we, we operate in the physical. So we assume that we can kind of will it into submission, right. That like, Oh, mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. you know, I don't, I, I'm just gonna, just gonna push harder or, you know, but if our, if there's that like doubt or that stress or whatever in our minds, then it really manifests itself. Do you think, you know, what's the value for you in showing up and giving yourself the opportunity to excel, you know, there, cause there's, there's that, there's always that rub, I feel like where, you know, do I, if I'm not feeling my best or I'm having a tough day or my body's not feeling great, do I pull back or, or, or so often, you know, do I show up and like kind of have a surprise performance, you know, because I was able to get out of my own way mentally and actually just be present. What, how do you, you know, what's, what's your kind of value proposition for just kind of showing up and, and seeing how it unfolds? Yeah, I, well, I, I really like what you're just saying. The showing up and seeing how it unfolds is, to me, what that means is this open curiosity, um, sort of a surrender into that experience, and one that's not attaching to whether or not, you know, I'm going to completely blow out in this, or am, am I going to win this, or, or do my best. It's just to allow oneself to go with the flow. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... It's, it's almost this like degree of non-attachment, uh, right, right. which softens the mind or any any negativity that's going on. To have that softening can can be a huge benefit. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you? So you feel like it? Because it, I, I found this as I've matured, like personally, as I've matured as an athlete, this kind of disconnection with the outcome and just really being confident in my ability to see the process through and, and, and then with that confidence comes an acceptance of the outcome. Right. And then I'm like kind of happy if it, if it is great or maybe it didn't go so well, but I, I realized the value in showing up in that process Definitely. is that, you know, does that feel like for you? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe even more specifically, like how do you feel like athletes, uh, what's the most productive way to kind of think about outcome-based goals, right? Because that's so often what we deal in 
as athletes is like, here's this race, here's this workout. They have finite outcomes, right? I did well, or I didn't, or I met my goals mm -hmm. or I didn't. Um, is there a way that you feel like athletes maybe can or should kind of compartmentalize or break those outcomes down where they, where they hold less weight and there is less of that kind of mental, emotional stress that goes into that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I feel like the, the showing up piece, that is the performance piece. And it's not necessarily about, um, you know, maybe you cross a finish line and maybe you don't, or you might get through a workout or you might not. But it's the fact that someone has the courageousness and like you said, that built confidence that I'm going to show up and the way that I am right now and be open to seeing where this goes and knowing that at any point with that openness, like the body follows, the body changes. And at that point, performing at the best it can in that moment too, um, without an athlete having to beat themselves over, up over, over the outcome right? as well. I feel like there's a lot of things right now that are so outcome based or comparison based and it's we're not in our we're not in our own present space where right. we're in everyone else's if that makes sense yeah 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 we have like too much visibility into everyone else's space and maybe not enough visibility into our own space right like we spend so much time looking out here seeing what everybody else is doing and and we, it becomes harder to to focus on our process you know right i, I think you know, more and more so, right. With like all of these outward facing comparison opportunities, you can get really bogged down. And I, I'm guilty of this as well. You know, maybe oh, yeah. it's just like the human condition where you're like, Oh, this person's doing X, Y, and Z. Like, why am I not able to do that? You know, and it, and it, it whittles away your confidence, right. And, and some of that Absolutely. process piece. Yeah. When, I mean, so something that I've, I'm like, constantly fascinated by and have talked a lot about on this podcast is this like process goals versus performance goals, right? This idea that you really have to be rooted like where you and I are just talking about is, you know, you, you, the act of showing up is just as valuable as whatever the outcome is, you know, the, mm -hmm. the process is, it, it really has to be for, for certainly for sustainability and longevity as an athlete. But it's much easier said than done. Like we were saying, there are so many outcome-based components to to what we do as athletes. So, what's your, you know, what are some of your kind of, um, how do you guide athletes in helping them um, think about those outcome-based goals in a way that's most productive? You know, so they don't mm -hmm. get that. They don't get bogged down. They don't have that tremendous weight, that stress, that anxiety that comes with like, you know, if I don't reach my goal, then my, then it was all for naught. Right. So how do you, how do you help athletes navigate that outcome piece? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always, I feel like the first thing I always start with is intention. Like what is like the actual intention behind it? And why is that intention that way too? Because well, if I don't make this time, then it's not worth it. But what's what's the intention behind making a certain time as well? Is that let's say someone wants to, to run that their marathon in two hours and thirty minutes? Okay, great, that's a great goal. Um, and the intention behind it, what is the why? Is it a personal reason? 
Is it something that might be associated with someone else's expectations, maybe a family or a coach's expectations on them, um, societal expectations, or are they comparing their, their goal to everyone else on their team or other people they see running on Strava? Is, is that the intention for where the time comes from? So really narrowing, narrowing down like that, that, inner, that inner voice and the reason why, always the why. Um, yeah, I love I think, that. Yeah, right, and that helps. For what I've seen, pull back layers. It's I've I've had a teacher once describe it as like we're all onions, and as soon as you start asking questions and going into more inquiry, it's like peeling back an onion because it has layers to it. Mm-hmm. I want to make that two thirty time. Okay, well, what is the what is the tension? Um, I want to impress so and so. Okay, why do you want to impress this person, or what does that mean to you? So it, it's taking very specific, we call it deepening questions to sort of get to the root of, of the why. What's going on and what's the purpose behind it um, right. to help that athlete really narrow their vision um, and the importance of that. So it's always focusing back on self. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I love – that's great. I You know, because I we talk about um, – that's a really great – explanation or kind of, you know, broadening of this idea of like finding your why, you know, because on the surface, it might seem like it's a very straightforward answer to a very straightforward question. Like to your point, it's like, okay, why do you want to do this? Because I want to, I want to be fast or I want to, you know, I want to prove that I can do it. And then you ask Mm -hmm. why again, right? Like it's those follow-up questions that really get to the, to the root. It took me a long time as an athlete to, to really unpack that for myself, you know, like when I was oh, younger and I was super competitive, it, the, the why was very surface, you know, I was like, cause I want to win, uh, you know, and I was like, well, why do you want to win? Right. And then you get into, there's an ego component and there's, oh, yeah. you know, there's peers and there's, you know, expectations. And then once I started to really get into that, I was like, Oh, now I really see like what's going on, you know, and, and was actually able to like, you know, self-correct some things that weren't, super healthy, you know, like it, it actually made right. me much more secure in my athleticism. Um, is that what you found? Like when you, is, or I mean, is that the goal that we can really like answer that question that it actually provides kind of like a grounding for why you're doing what you're doing and, 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 and yeah, brings things into absolutely. focus. I feel like the, the beginning stages of really like honing in on our, on our minds, empowerment over our body is to, to understand why our mind is working the way it is. And, um, and some things are self-correcting or I thought it was other one too. another example, I'll just use the marathon example. Um, the, the two thirty times that just, so I'm not giving anyone's anything away, but, uh, a client who, all right, let's say they say, I, I really want to make that two thirty. It's okay. Why? Well, I, I just, I've never thought I could do it. Like, it just seems impossible to me. And at that point, I'm going to be like, awesome. I'm behind you on this. Like, that's positive self-talk at that point. And that's what we're going to work on. So we're going to go maybe in the way of positive self-talk. How do you, what do you say to yourself um, when you're, when you're down on yourself or you don't think you can do it? Yeah. So it's just, it's reframing the, the way we speak to ourselves and the way yeah. we see ourselves. Right. I mean, it kind of makes me think about like, there's, there's an awareness piece there as well. And I know that's something that you've 
you've, you know, you work with athletes on is just this kind of role of like mental awareness as it relates to um, like our athletic endeavors. But I'm, I'm curious, like maybe first, you know, what's that, what's that, what role has that kind of mental awareness and, and understanding things like, you know, your why, you know, what role has that played or how has that manifested itself for you? like in your athletic endeavors, because you're, you know, uh, uh, you know, have a long history as an athlete, competitive runner in college and gone on to do lots of, you know, uh, great things and, and hard things in the mountains. And um, what's that process look like for you? Like, as you continue to evolve and grow as an athlete, like what's the, what's that mental awareness? What role does that play? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even just recently, so I was a college athlete and I, I haven't raced since 2009. Um, and this summer is when I'm preparing to do races again and getting back in, in mountain races this time too. And I'm a very competitive person. It, it's, it's who I am. I'm fiery. I'm competitive. I'm passionate. I do like to win. And I also like to have that experience too. So, I mean, if I'm not winning anything, I'm not going to beat myself up. Um, but yeah, myself as an example, I noticed that I was comparing myself to say someone else's Strava times or the running group and really getting like almost anxious about racing and be like, I need to get my miles in. I'm not doing my miles. I'm not doing enough vert. Um, and just getting so caught up in it. Um, so I had to come back to my why. Uh, so they have been working actually in the last two weeks. I dropped my mileage. Um, I left my watch at home on all my runs and the whole point of why I love to run in the mountains is I love nature. And so that's my reasoning. It's like, Oh, right. This is what I love to do. I just like to be in nature. I, I like to run through mountains cause I feel so free. I feel most like me when I'm doing that. Um, so to allow myself to do that without any expectations or any comparisons or any tracking devices. Um, if I want to sit down on a rock and look at a view, I'm going to do that. Um, guilt-free without worrying about my pace or what vert I'm getting in or (laughs) who's going to look at it on Strava and be like, oh, look at her split, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What does this rock stop here? (laughs) So it's it's like I'm I'm feeling I'm a very self-aware person and I still get caught up in it. Right. So it's a constant practice. And to have – I've been so lucky to have coaches and guides who have kept me accountable or, or when they notice that, what will say something to me. Um, and it's the, that's the same thing that I also want to offer athletes too. It's like, well, we need each other and we need to mirror each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a great point. Like even when you're, um, or maybe just such a great thing, you know, I think for like our audience to hear is, even when you are focused on it, it can still, you can still lose sight of it, you know? And I, I I know, you know, for me personally, you know, athletes will often assume that, you know, like I don't have to do this work. Right. Like, or I don't, you know, like, no, like to your point, I'm like, I have to come back to this all the time. Right. Like I still struggle with, you know, the comparisons and the motivation and drive and why, and you know, so it's, it's, it's a consistent dedication to showing up for yourself and to understanding what drives you. Um, what do you, how do you, how do you balance the competitive piece with the 
I don't want to say non-competitive, maybe the competitive with like the self-acceptance, right? Because those things are in, are in conflicting spaces, but you can have both. Um, but that's a very hard, that's a very hard place. I, I, just in my work, like with, with athletes to, to, to balance. So how is that mesh together to feel productive for you? Mm-hmm. So this loops back to our, the idea of showing up. Like I'm, I'm, I'll use a race, race, for example, it's like, I'm going to show up to this mountain race. Um, I'm going to give it my all. And I, I love racing people. I, I, I like the energy component back and forth. I, I think it's fun. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do want to be like close to the top. It doesn't mean I'm going to get there either. And, it, and it, I think for me, that's the competitive piece is the intention piece of doing my best. Um, but not, not shaming myself for not placing well or even DNFing, you know, maybe I don't finish and that's okay because I got to the line and I gave it my all and I showed up with like intention, mm-hmm. um, focused intention, which I, I think to me, that is almost like the definition of, of competitive, um, with, with myself yeah. and, mm-hmm. and with my own goals, always bettering myself. Um, and right. then, and some, even maybe let's say one workout is you're right on your times. You have another workout where you're still showing up, but you're not quite making those times, but that's okay. Um, Cause you still, you tried, you were there, you showed up, you gave it your all. And, we can't expect our bodies and our minds to function on optimal performance all the time. So it, it's, it's creating this softening and that self acceptance piece. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm going to show up and I can get my all on it. Yeah. It'd be cool to, to win or place high and non-attachment to that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love your, I, I, that I, to your point or just that, that idea that like we, we can't operate optimally all the time. And I think that's such an important thing to understand when we think about um, timing that optimization for a specific event, like the odds of that happening are actually very low, right? If we think about like all of that work and effort and, and all of the external pieces of our lives and everything we're balancing and we, all that all goes into a funnel and and it all drips out optimally on a singular time and space, right? The start of that race. Um, it, it's, it's very hard to control, right? It, I mean, it's, you can't control it, but it's very <laughs> hard to get it right. And I, you know, I think we lose sight of that as athletes, right? We, we just, we put so much energy and mentally and emotionally and physically into these singular points, events, goals, hard workouts, you know, days where yeah. we want to execute and we're asking for a lot from our bodies, right? And so it's just this, like, again, ties back into you have to show up because you have to show up enough times to 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 realize that that optimal performance, right? To, to give your body right. enough opportunities to to do it well, to show up because because the odds of it going like you think it's going to, or maybe not as high as we would like to admit, you know, like um, it, yeah. it's just, it's a very slim, uh, it's a very, it's a very slim margins. Um, so, so, so with that in mind, 
most races, most events, goals, however you want to kind of compartment or capture that, they don't go 100% as planned. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we still yeah. do great, but you know something's probably not 100% or not right. So how do you, how do how do you guide athletes to work through those times when it doesn't go as planned? Because that's going to be more of the time you're going to be having more of those conversations than you know it, it was perfect, right? Nailed it. Execution mm-hmm. was great, or at least you're going to have to work through a lot of that that crap before you get to the you know the crappy days. So how do you how do you work with athletes when they don't go well? Um, what's that look like from your perspective? Sure, yeah. Uh, hey everyone, uh, I recently came across a new product on the market, uh, and I wanted to take a moment to share it uh, with our listeners. Uh, Access Nutrients has created a supplement designed to assist with better absorption of zinc, iron, calcium, and magnesium. Uh, this is a heavily researched and science-backed supplement that helps to break down the anti-nutrient phytate. Uh, Phytate is present in things like beans, grains, nuts, and seeds. Uh, Any product made from these foods, uh, such as pasta, rice, chickpeas, nut butters, whole wheat flour, cereals, etc., etc. So without the enzyme, the above-mentioned micronutrients are largely unavailable for absorption, leading to deficiencies. So without iron, our bodies struggle to transport oxygen. Without zinc, our body's immune system is impaired, and many enzymatic processes cannot function normally. So this enzyme has already helped a number of people that I work with uh, on the athlete side with better performance, improved energy, uh, anemia, fatigue, and other conditions. Uh, You can have a read through the research on their site for more information, but just trust me when I say that this enzyme could be a game changer uh, for many of you when it comes to optimizing your performance. Uh, I've been taking it um, for about two to three months now, and I've noticed uh, big changes in my recovery, my sleep, uh, muscular fatigue, uh, endurance, uh, my ability to fuel uh, more closely to workouts. So it really has been um, a really positive or had a positive impact on my performance. So, so for all of our listeners, um, you can go to accessnutrients.org and use the code Thomas Endurance um, to get 25% off uh, your order. And um, I think it's going to be something that you guys really like. I encourage you to try it out. Um, it's uh, it's a really uh, cool product. I think it'd be something that's very impactful for so many athletes and so many listeners of this podcast. So again, that's accessnutrients.org code Thomas Endurance for 25% off your order. Uh, and let us know what you think. Um, it's been something that's been exciting for me to try. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. This kind of echoes back to something you said about the control piece. It's that we can't control anything. <laughs> we can prepare ourselves right. and we can take all the necessary steps of preparation. Um, and then get to that point of whatever, whatever it is we're aspiring to do, get to that starting line and just trust in that, that process that, that we've been prepare, uh, preparing for and knowing it can go either way. So it's, <clears throat> I usually, with that said, with an athlete who things didn't go as planned, they're being feeling really down about it. At that point, that's when I see kind of that pattern 
of sort of self-shaming or being really disappointed and just letting that whole whatever situation is just ruin the day or put someone into kind of like a kind of mood it's like all right well what do we need to do now to to support that which for me is that control piece how do I need to guide this athlete into a conversation about what it means to trust process this looks like a um probably like a focus point of, of trust of surrendering into the experience and the journey in the moment and allowing control to go. Um, so, and, and that's where, where again, it just keeps going back to practice of revisiting these patterns because what we're doing is actually taking neural pathways and habits and we're recreating new ones. Our brain has these neural pathways that are like canyons um, and we've built these canyons with our own thoughts and habits. So it takes a lot of practice to take the brain away from that and build kind of a new canyon into, into the mind. Um, it's the best metaphor I can think of to, for it to make yeah. sense on it. <laughs> um, that makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was like, they're super entrenched, you know, I think, I mean, that actually helps me a lot, like visualize it as this, this like, you know, deep, canyon that's like been ground you know essentially like into your mind and to change that yeah. since um, childhood could have right. been anything that started that pattern and manifested right. into now performance anxiety or performance shame yeah right. yeah so i mean i think that's a great segue because i one of one of the things i i i in i would imagine in, in or in in my experience one of the most pervasive um, areas where athletes really struggle with the mental, emotional piece is performance anxiety, right? We, we and, it, and it's a lot of it is built on some of the stuff we've just talked about. You know, you build up these singular moments, you build up these outcome-based goals. Maybe that's because you're losing sight of the process or, or whatever. But um, what? Um, what are some of the tools that, you know, that you've found that can help athletes understand how to navigate that, you know, cause it's, it's so disruptive. Um, and unfortunately I've seen it many times over the years, force an athlete to remove themselves from their sport, you know, because yeah. it, it doesn't add value anymore. It's actually gotten so detrimental that it's not, enjoyable or sustainable or you know or, or exciting Absolutely. Um, yeah I have, i've had that experience plenty of times in my, yeah. my younger years for sure yeah um so for something like that like performance anxiety and anxiety is it's the fear of of the future or it's creating almost it's future tripping really um to a negative outcome or something that could go badly and therefore like putting a lot of pressure on yourself and <clears throat> so much so it can make you sick, right? Our stomachs turn to flips, <clears throat> excuse me, um, because it's a, it's a fight or flight response. So for me, it's working with the athlete and being with them and be like, okay, hey, slow down, let's breathe. Either we're gonna sit, when, when I worked with people one-on-one, -on -one, when we could in person, <laughs> we're gonna sit on, on the ground, like on the earth and put our hands on the ground and just breathe. Inhale, maybe to a four count, hold, exhale, maybe to a four count, hold your breath, 
And we'll do that a few times. And that regulates the nervous system. So if we can regulate our breath, then we can regulate our nervous system and our heart rate. So just pulling that stress down. Sometimes even have an athlete, like imagine you're sending all of that anxiety or that fear, like just back into the earth, just send it away out of your body. Hmm. And then from that point, like visualizing, let's visualize the, the best outcome or visualize yourself in your mind in this race from moment, from start to finish, how you want to feel and, and, and make it great and grand, you know? Don't, don't, don't be shy about just making it. This is the best experience ever. Like yeah. um, go big, right. use your imagination in a way that just builds you up and builds your confidence up. Cause the mind's going to future trip. We all, we're, we're doing it all the time. So it's not necessary to stop that, but we can rewrite that narrative or that screenplay. I like to say that the mind's going to create for us. Hmm. So we're going to f- future trip anyway. Let's make it a good one. Um, right. Yeah. yeah let, let's let's feed ourselves something really great so that we can show up at that starting line with just like, you know, standing up straight, the body's ready, like full of confidence and grounded and supported. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's literally just telling ourselves a different story. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that the use the role of visualization in in that process. You know, I I, I don't. You know, I think for a long time we've seen <clears throat> visualization as a practice in um, in more elite spaces, you know. But I think for mm-hmm. a lot of us in the amateur space, it's not something that is super common, or or maybe even really mm-hmm. understood. You know, like how do we leverage that as a tool in our arsenal to help us with peak performance, or to help us show up? Um, you know, is the best versions of ourselves. How, how, how do you, you know, how, how do athletes leverage that? Or maybe, you know, what's your advice on kind of how to condense um, something that might seem a little hard to grasp into a tool that, that, you know, is actually usable and, and, you know, easy to digest. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that look like for you? For me, it's, it, it is guidance. It's having, or what's helped me in the past is having a mentor. It's having someone who show you the way and show that it is possible, um, like step by step. For example, like show or guiding someone through through breath work. Inhale for me. One, two, three. <clears throat> Exhale. Um, and there's tons of resources out there mm-hmm. for that too. That that do make it grasp like very graspable. Um, so I. I yeah, I, I, I think that it's it's all out there. Yeah. For sure. Um and I and it is which sounds easy, but it's also something that I notice is the merging of let's say athletics and mindfulness or or meditation, which meditation really is just exactly what we're talking about here. It's understanding and watching your mind, noticing like those little um thought patterns that disrupt and having that awareness. Um so the taking, taking practice and sitting down. Um, I like to start my morning out with five minutes of sitting. Mm. Five, I, guess, um, I can't, I can't sit much longer than five minutes. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> restless. Um, but I do. I was like, I can give, I can give myself five minutes every day and, and just sit and breathe and notice how I'm feeling. 
mm-hmm. when when the mornings kind of I usually give the morning a little bit so I can really like tap into the day and be like oh okay today I'm tired I don't want to do this like all right that's where I'm at right now I'm gonna sit and breathe and just observe that without attaching to it or building a storyline it's just this is it it's it's that idea of just not control I'm not going to control this about myself I'm just going to let it pass and and be okay with it and still show up for my day Hmm. Um, how do we that's really interesting how do you take that information and not let it cause you anxiety you know because I've I've seen with athletes um, oftentimes when we tap into that, you know, like if we like with a lot of the athletes we work with at TC, you'll, we'll ask them to, you know, essentially, uh, like rate a day, you know, how are you feeling? How's your stress? How's your sleep motivation? Things like muscle soreness, so on and so forth. Um, and it's, and sometimes it can, it can backfire where like by tapping into that, it actually makes them aware of it and then they get nervous about how they feel, right? They're like, oh, mm-hmm. I am tired. Oh, I didn't sleep that well. And then there's like a cascading, oh, that means I'm not going to perform all the day. Should I even show up for my workout? I'm not going to, I don't have the strength, right? And then they, and then inevitably, of course, m- body follows the mind. Lo and behold, performance is poor that day because we've gotten into this negative feedback loop, right? But it's, so yeah. how, how, do, how do you, make and and you said it you know by this kind of you know not being attached to that but but how do we how do we do that you know how do we take that information and process it in a way that doesn't lead to stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. definitely yeah so all right let's say we're doing that and we're sitting and we're we're feeling into that maybe someone's about to go for a race and it's like how are you feeling right well i'm feeling anxious all right great so what do I usually would ask myself or my athlete, like what resources you when you're tired, what can we do right now to pull that energy back up? Maybe let's do some jumping jacks or go for a skip or (laughs) anything that we're not going to resist it. And we're not fighting it, but we're giving it like an, the opposite. So it's, it's, and at first it would feel really awkward, but it's again, like reframing and telling ourselves a new story. I'm tired. Fine. Okay. That's okay. I'm tired. What do I need to do? Well, I need to increase my energy right now because I need to show up. Um, what does that look like to show up? Maybe I'll visualize it. Uh, here, this is me doing my, my best day right now. Um, I have had my coffee. I'm ready to go. Like I, I am on it with my emails through work. I am on it and ready to go to my workout once I clock out of here and I'm just going to crush it. It's, it's, sort of fake it till you make it really right, yeah that's great and, it, and it's it's a performance and literally a performance piece you are an actor to yourself mm. um right because that's where performance comes from to right. perform to, right. to give a show um to be that actor hmm. like we're rewriting our own screenplays um and of course, not to negate being being tired or fatigued, you know, of course, like really notice like, okay, is it, am I sick? You know, that's right. a different thing. But, um, but when it's, you know, we're all, we all sometimes wake up tired or we have tired days. 
and we still have to show up. Um, so what do we need to do for ourselves in that moment? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I never thought about being, uh, I mean, it makes total sense now that you say it, but like being a performer for yourself, like you're constantly trying to, trying to like outwit your self, you know, or like, or, or convince yourself, um, that you are able to show up or that you are capable or that you, um, Hmm. I, how does that, I mean, so, so how do we take that and integrate it into like into our daily lives, you know, cause what people are going to say, right. Or what we hear people say all the time is like, okay, well, I don't have like, how do I, you know, how do I do that in real time? Or like, you know, you know, when I feel like I can't show up for my workout or when like work stress and all these things are bearing down on me, like how do I carve out time to do that? So, you know, what's that in your work with, with athletes and in the mental performance space, like how, how do we leverage those tools like on a daily basis to build consistency? Cause that's the biggest, that's the biggest interrupter, right? That's for me, that's always the biggest thing keeping athletes from their goals is we have to find a consistent practice, right? And that's the things we do before we show up for a workout that set us up for success. That's, that's how we eat. That's how we sleep. That's how we interact with others. That's how we fill our cup in these other areas of our lives. Um, but yeah, so, so in your, you know, work as a mental performance coach, like how do we leverage these tools to yield consistency um, mm-hmm. so that we feel balanced and we feel um, like these things that we're pursuing are adding value to our lives, right? They're not draining us day after day. Um, it, what's, what's that consistency piece look like from your perspective? Absolutely. I mean, a big piece of that is my first thought is like, that's why we're here too. It's, um, it's having someone to talk to or mm-hmm. to bounce ideas off of, or to express like, this is where I'm at. Can you guide me? Like mm-hmm. what's next? And having that accountability piece, I think, especially with consistency and building new patterns is accountability because it's hard. That's hard to do. You're literally going against to the very root cause of whatever was conditioned and ingrained in you sometimes as early as childhood, which that's big. That's mm-hmm. definitely big. And and it does take time. Um, so for, for that, it, it is a guide um, and, and having someone who's available there to, to hear or, or see, see you in the process of that and, and encourage, I think it's encouragement and support. Um, I know with my clients, it's, I, I offer, email or texting, like I'm here. Like if something's going on, like send me a message. Um, I'll respond. I give you a call in that moment. Like what's, what's up? Like how, like, what can we do? Let's, let's take five minutes and and do some kind of practice together. Um, Or, or, or narrow some things down or or come back to our goals. Let's do that as a reminder. And then I'm going to check in on you Mm -hmm. maybe in a few hours or even the next day, like see how that went, you know, did that work? If it didn't work, okay, well, let's find something that does because um, everyone's so ne- so unique. And and family support systems, family, partners, um, friends. Um, starting the big, you know, hey, teammate, if you see me um, behave this way, you know, say something. Right. Uh, just, just point it out because 
with patterns, so many of those things are unconscious to us, even in those first stages, like first stages of building that awareness around them. We're not always going to notice them when they show up. Um, so, so asking for, for a good, a good friend or coach or guide to, to mirror that back. Right. Just like, I gotcha. That's such great advice. Cause I, so often, you know, the, the athletic piece or the athletic part of our identity tends to be siloed off from the rest of our lives. Right. So mm-hmm. often I see athletes were like, okay, like these are my, these are my career goals. These are my responsibilities to my family, to my friends. This is, this is kind of everything else. And then like over here is my athletic goals, right? This is my, mm-hmm. how I, you know, whatever, you know, this is my running. This is how I'm setting aside time for myself over here. And, and when we get, when, the, when it's not integrated, um, you inevitably like push away that support, right? By like the design of yes. that infrastructure, you lose that support. You're saying, okay, well, this thing's over here. And then the rest of my life is happening over here. Right. And, and to your point, like that support piece is so, is so critical and so important. Um, how, how do you, um, like what's that integration piece look like for you? You know, how do you help athletes, um, you know, or, or maybe even for you personally, like how do you integrate your athletic goals and that, that athletic identity into, into the rest of your life so that it, so that it's not siloed and you, you know, you, you can get that support. Cause I just think the more athletes can do that, the, the, the better off they're going to be. Right. It just becomes this kind of more holistic approach to how you move through your day versus like, here's the rest of my day. And then, Oh, I'm going to tack on a training session on the end. Right. It just becomes yeah. like an immersive experience. So, yeah, I don't know, like for you personally and, or, you know, with your work with athletes, like how do we integrate it? in a way that's productive and valuable. Yeah. I think those go back to that quote I said in the beginning. It's like, you know, how we do one thing is how we do everything. Mm. So it's, it's not compartmentalized. Like, yeah, the way we show up on in that workout or the track or the race, like it's usually how we show up in life too. Um, Mm -hmm. When things don't go our way or when things do go our way, um, they're directly correlated. Um, so definitely building an awareness around that. Um, for that inter- integration piece for me, it's, I think one of my, <laughs> probably one of my hangups sometimes can be just starting something. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking of like, even when I started a business, for example, I would get pretty, like I would go all in, all in, and in the beginning, and then I'd wear myself out and I would drop it. Hmm. which is exactly how I would do my running. I would just charge up that mountain. And by the halfway point, I would be hurting. And it, then it wasn't fun. Um, and then, you know, stumbling down the mountain, more likely to have injury or something to happen that keeps me from running. Um, so that's where those pieces mirrored for me. Um, so I... Yeah, it's it, it just goes back to how I do one thing is how I do everything and just always noticing that um, mm-hmm. when I'm running that day and maybe I had a, I don't know, a bad day, often those runs are going to be probably faster, 
not mindful. I'm going to be tripping over myself. Uh, I'm going to be rushing through the process. I'm not going to be looking around me or at other people. Usually I'm just going to be tunnel vision, like just in it. Um, uh, which is how it would look if I had a bad day at, at work, maybe, or when I got home from working, it was bad. Like I'm just might be just in it. Right. Um, so noticing those pieces and like, how do I break out of that? Hmm. It's like, Oh, well, I, I'm going to stop. Like maybe I'm like charging up the mountain and I notice I'm tripping. I'm in my head. I'm going to stop and I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to look around me. I'll look at the clouds. I'll take a moment to look at the trees and just be like, wow, this is beautiful and stunning. Hmm. And then that shifts everything Mm -hmm. um, too. So I guess that, yeah, the integration piece is just noticing how each thing is very similar and a metaphor of each other and to slow down and just take the time to take a breath and look at the sky or a leaf, even just something else outside of my own beingness can Mm -hmm. really bring me back to the present. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, you touched on my like my personal you know soapbox slash kind of mission statement is this very much the idea of like you know how we do one thing is is how we do everything, but specifically like the belief that like showing up for yourself like in in the physical you know uh, realm of of my identity as an athlete allows me to show up fully in all areas of my life. You know, it's Definitely. like yeah, like if I like how I do that and how I treat and value my experience as an athlete allows me to treat and value the the time elsewhere with the same level of commitment and passion and drive. Um, And again, that's that silo piece where I'm always like, no, like it actually would be more valuable. Like if you brought it into the fold, right? Like the, the ability to leverage the athletic experience as a, as a way to be better in all areas of your life, right? Like if you bring it into the fold, it actually becomes a tool that you can yes. use to be better everywhere. Um, and that's so much of like the work you do, like that, that so much of that is that mental piece, right? It's like, it's that knowing how to show up for yourself and in that space allows you to see very clearly the link of how you're going to show up for other people in your life, for the things in your life, for their goals in your life. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, you touched on one thing, like the kind of burnout piece, right? Like when you start and you go all in and whether it's in like a particular like run or even like in a, you know, like a, a, a time period of your life. But I think there's so many, there's, there's, there's a lot of corollary there with athletes because we see that happen a lot right where they're so excited at the start and they go all in but then they get burnt out and they actually don't they're not able to realize a few things they're not able to realize their full potential because they they didn't they weren't able to stick with it long enough and they're not able to realize the true value of being an athlete right a lot of these things that we're talking about um because again they weren't didn't have the opportunity to engage with it for long enough periods of time. So how do you help athletes um, understand or grapple with kind of like the pace or the cadence in which they undergo or, or, or take on their athletic endeavors, right? Like I've described it on this podcast a lot. It's like boom and bust, right? Like, unfortunately, mm-hmm. so many athletes are like, I'm in it for 12 weeks. 
and then they're like, I never want to see my running shoes again. Right. Or um, I never want to see my bike. Or I never want to. And that's a real, that's a real bummer. Right. For me, I'm like, no, like you're just getting started. Right. Like you sink your teeth into yeah. it. So yeah. How, what, how, like, how is that, um, um, looked like in the work that you do with athletes, just helping them like understand that it's a pursuit over long periods of time versus this boom and bust, uh, you know, kind of piece. Yeah. Um, well, definitely remind them to follow their coach's training plans. Um, there's a reason for certain paces or with the way it's planned out to not go over and beyond. And then coming back to that, that why, like what, what is the intention there? Um, like, I hear an athlete be like, well, it really sounds like you're, you're going really hard right now. I hear maybe some, some of our training. I hear you're pretty worn out. You might be kind of at that point where you just worked so hard. You're, you're backing away from it. Let's talk about why you started to begin with. And then maybe the, let's reframe the intention of what's going on with, with your training as well, always reframing back to intention. And even if that intention might need to be rewritten as well, because we are dynamic and we're always changing. Um, so the reason why can also change too. Um, so we never really, it's a journey, right? So we never really know where we're going until we take another step ahead. Um, and point it back to, to that piece of, it is a journey. I love, I like storytelling a lot. So it was like, it was a Joseph Campbell's, like the hero's journey, mm -hmm. um, the process of what does a journey look like? And we're always on a hero's journey. So Probably not time to explain all that, but definitely look it up. It's um, a great, yeah, definitely worth. If, if, for those of you that don't know, it's, it's worth a read. <laughs> yeah, we are always on a hero's journey; it mm -hmm. never ends. So there, there's cycles within cycles. Um, so, yeah, I like tapping into those types of practices, even if I bring a diagram of what that journey looks like, and let's outline where you are on this journey, where you want to go. Um, with the openness to, to kind of change and redirect based on what your body is telling you to do, like actually really listening to the body um, kind of back. Like there's a, there's a time to listen to when the body's tired and, and there are times to, to show up too. Um, and, and that all means different things based on an individual situation. Um, right. So, so it's really listening to that person and, and developing something unique to them. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, you just touched on that. That's a very, um, it's a very tough balance, right? That idea, you know, or that very real like navigation of when do I show up versus when do I give myself space, right? Or give myself grace to not show yeah. up. And, and it's like a, it's a very fine line. And truthfully, we might be like kind of one foot on either side in, every day if it's just like which direction do we decide to lean um are, are there are there methodologies or like practices that you use to help athletes understand when it's when it's time to pull the plug you know to call it and say no like today's a rest day or today's a go for a walk or you know to tap into some other form of movement or like you know like we touched on earlier like okay i'm tired that's okay. Um, but I still need to show up, you know? So are there yeah. ways that you've helped athletes understand which way they should lean into that, you know, either side of that line on any given day? Yeah. I, 
a, it does come from experience. Mm. Um, I think to differentiate the the spectrum of those of those feelings, um, and and to try. Like for example, there are times that I'm feeling down or tired, and like I have a I have like an eight mile run scheduled. I'm gonna put my shoes on, and I'm gonna see after a half a mile how I feel. Or there are times I've run a block, and I'm like no, no, I'm actually tired. Like mm-hmm. this isn't, no, this is a no today. I'm still going to try, but I'm really aware of my body's messages to me. Like if it's like, this is going to be more detriment than it is benefit to my training, then a rest day is fine. Like I'm going to give my legs and my body a complete chance to recover. And, and it's going to be that much better the next time. Mm-hmm. So also reframing that mindset, it's like, rather than be like, oh, I can't believe I didn't do my run. That's going to harm my training. It's like, I didn't do it today because my body wanted to rest. And that means I'm going to be that much stronger because I didn't tear it down today. I built it up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it is having, it's a, it's a fine line of discernment and just experience and learning what works and what doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think you that idea that like that the rest or idea slash very real fact that you know rest is actually going to allow you to come back stronger but so often you know as athletes we can feel guilty when we when we miss a a planned session and you know then we the you know this kind of idea of like, well, I'm going to make it up sometime. So instead of actually being okay with that rest and realizing its value, we force it sometime later in the week. Right. Or or like that's a lot like as a coach, a lot of athletes will kind of be like, Oh, like, you know, we'll agree to say like, you know, today's not the day, like red flags, this, that, and the other, like, let's take a day. And the first thing they'll say oftentimes is, okay, when can I make it up later in the week? You know, and I'm like, no, like we're actually going to give you, we're going to value this as much as we valued. We're going to value rest as much as we valued this bout of training, this training stress, yeah. this training. Um, I mean, that I just think that's worth like reiterating. <laughs> it's just like that, that right. the weight that those things hold are equal. Right. And we have, as athletes, we have such a hard time like giving weight to rest because it, because it's not a manifestation of, of like our physical bodies. And you're like, well, if I'm, if I'm resting, I must not be gaining fitness, right? I must be losing fitness. It's actually the opposite, right? Like to your point. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. Just like, it's so hard. Um, it's hard. It's hard as athletes. Cause we want, you know, we want to train, we want to push, but like you said, there's that balance where a lot of it comes with experience too. Right. And just like in being, I love that. Like just to try, right. I think that's such an important message is like, again, show up, give yourself the opportunity to excel or don't, you know, or, or, but at least you're, at least you've showed up, you know, and you, um, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love that. Um, yeah. So one of the, like one of the last things I want to touch on and you just, you Mm -hmm. just mentioned it and it's something that I, I've more and more kind of started to unpack with athletes and, and with myself is this, is this kind of idea of like, we're always changing, 
right? That it's, it's, it's okay and productive and good to revisit some of these foundational tenets of, of our athleticism, right? Our why, our goals, what makes us feel good, what makes us feel strong, confident. Um, those become very fixed points a lot of times for athletes, right? Like they set them they do. and then fast forward any number of time years and they're still holding on to this, like to this old, you know, set of goals and, 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 you know, the baggage that comes with that. Um, how, how do we, how do we help athletes let go and change, you know, and, and, and know that that's okay, right. That you can evolve and like, the value of those changing goals is still equal to maybe what you're holding on to, which, you know, sometimes might seem on the surface, like it's not as important or not as challenging or not as, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we provide all these like quotes, right. When we change our goals as athletes, like, oh, it's, it's just a half marathon, right. It's not a full marathon, right. There's always these like qualifiers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So how's that? How, how do we help athletes change uh, and, and see the value in that like ever shifting kind of identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, another one that's so individualized, but I, I do think it really, it comes back down to you, you said it there. It's like that comparison piece, like, Oh, well I was doing this before should be doing this now, or just the body changes. We are going through different cycles and transitions all the time. Like our bodies are never actually the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a practice and that piece of self-acceptance and self-love and gratitude that we're even moving mm-hmm. to. Um, it's reframing the mindset. And that's a, that one's pretty, that's, that's a big one. <laughs> that's a pretty deep, um, right. deep situation. Um, and one that, that does take a lot of, a lot of time and, and patience and, and work on oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but reframing again, back to noticing what this intention was and maybe even the guidance, okay, where were you in life at this point? Like, let's go, let's go back a few years. When we made this goal. Like, what were you doing? Who were you? Mm. Who are you now? Let's explore who you are now. Um, what are you doing with your life? What's changed? Just, in general for yourself might even be living in a new place. Um, so it's, it's really kind of bringing into focus that dynamic piece of life in general and that our athleticism and performance, it's again, a a reflection of that. Um, and that even then, so we're still always moving forward. Um, that piece doesn't change. And I, it's also building knowledge too. I think one thing about that recovery piece, I was just thinking, it's like, it's not really within our, in our culture, the, the athlete culture to have a lot of knowledge about like what is actually happening in recovery. So it's like, if we're mm. doing education and knowledge, like this is what's actually happening to, to the muscles or to the lactic acid, like that we can't see going on. I think if we have that knowledge and those resources and education, we're going to be a lot softer on ourselves. Right, because um, we'll have the whys, and that's the same with how our bodies change or how how life changes. To have the education and the tools behind it, even those scientific pieces, to really like hone in the truth of what's happening too. So it it could be directing someone to resources for that. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, no, I I mean, 
So true. Yeah, we, we use, you know, in the athletic community, there's, you know, buzzwords really, you know, we like toss around recovery, but, you know, <laughs> I didn't even mean, like, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Like so many people are like, you say it and then, and then you don't even know, you know, is it an active yeah. process? Is it not? Is it, is it passive? What's happening? What am I actually trying to recover from or for? Right. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, cool. Well, that's the great parting words. I think that's a great, pl- like, I love just that. Couldn't agree more. This just like, cha- you know, the athletic experience is one of like evolution and learning. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I've always said like, the reason I continue to stay excited about being an athlete is because I'm a student of the sport, right? I'm so Definitely. excited to see what happens next year and five years from now and 10 years yeah. from now as I age, because, because what an exciting opportunity to see how you can show up for yourself. And, you know, so, um, yeah, thanks for highlighting that. Like I just, I, it's, it's such a personal, uh, again, kind of mission and, and passion for me. So thanks for, uh, putting it in into uh, you know digestible and, and eloquent uh, phrasing for for me and for for those that listen to the show, I appreciate it. 